and welcome back to the Our Flag Means What Again podcast, where I explain, analyze, and critique HBO Max's new hit show, Our Flag Means Stuff, created by David Jenkins. In this episode, I will be talking about the amazing cultural reset of an episode, the last episode of season one, titled Wherever You Go, There You Are. I love that title so much. Like, it's such a beautiful title, and it fits so well for this episode, like all the titles, but this one fits especially well. Like, it hits different. You know what I mean? It tries its best to prepare you for this episode, which is about, you know, Ed going through his breakup era, coping, you know, even though Steed's not there, he's still thinking of him. And vice versa, Steed, you know, he's back with his family, but he's still thinking of Ed. Anyway, I will get on that bum. Yeah, bum deadbeat douchebag. I will get on him later on because I got a lot to say about him and not a lot of them are nice. I love him as a character. But I also hate him, which is why I love him so much, because he's so interesting and well-written and, I don't know, it makes me want to root for him, because, like, I see that he can be better and I know he can do better, and he wants to be better, which is why I actually care to root for him, unlike some people, Mr. Israel Hands, who's just nasty down. Reasons aside, he's just nasty. Nasty, nasty, and I don't want to root for him. I don't know what they want me to root for him to have a redemption arc, but I don't want it. So you can keep that. I've gone so off topic, like, girl, you're talking about the title, get back to it. I'm sorry. The title, wherever you go, there you are, hurts. Hurts my heart. You know, we talked about Steed and Ed. They still think of each other, even though they're apart, like, miles and miles apart. I'm trying so hard not to make a High School Musical 3 reference right now, but you know what? Let me not. Let me not. I'm stronger than that. The title, you know, it also references Jim and Oluwande's relationship. They're apart, but they're still thinking of each other, and they miss each other so much. And in this episode, Jim comes back. As you know, like the title says, wherever you go, there you are. Jim was away from Oluwande, too, and they were still thinking of him, and he was still thinking of them, vice versa. Except, you know, they're actually a healthy relationship. They're a foil to what Steed and Ed's relationship could be like, you know, sharing your feelings and talking to each other and not thinking you know what's best for the other, but whatever. Let me just get into the episode, because I'm already basically talking about the episode, but let me start, like, officially talking about it. Okay, so the first thing we see is Mary, and she's talking about how she was living it up when Steed wasn't there, you know. They struggled at first, but they got better, and I knew it. At the end of episode 9, I'm like, she's living it up, isn't she? And then he came back and ruined it. That's gonna be great. Derogatory. Um, anyway, she's living it up, you know, the kids are adjusting well. And we get to the scene where she was at the group meeting for, um, Widows. And they're talking about, oh damn, you know, we're living it up after our husbands died, we're finally free. Which, yeah, I mean, women had basically no rights back in the day, even white women. So you know it was bad. Um, I'm sorry, that's not funny. It's not. So a woman's husband dying is like the best thing that could happen for her. And the ladies are like, oh, you know, Mary's doing great after her husband died. And she's like, yep. And of course, Steve chooses then to walk through that door. My God, I would be pissed. She just vomited. She's better than me. I would have thrown a glass at his head like, damn, you choose now to come back. The title sequence plays and our flag means death is on a painting of hers, which is beautiful. I think it's a fruit. Yeah, and the words are in red. You know, love, hate, revenge, heart, all that good stuff. After the title sequence, Mary is still narrating and she's like, you know, he's adjusting, so I'm not gonna be too harsh on him. And this man is taking up most, if not all, of the bed. Oh my god, no wonder she wanted to kill him not even before the episode's over. I wouldn't be able to go that long. I'd go one day, it's like, I I gotta kill him. So irritating, that man is so unserious. And he keeps talking about his life as a pirate. It's like, you're giving bum. Like, you're giving deadbeat. Like, you're giving has-been. Because no one made you come back. But you did, and now you're making it everyone's problem. 
his own kids don't remember him sad the boy is was not young enough to not remember him so it's like the fact that your son doesn't remember you sad bummy behavior his daughter obviously don't like him because you ditched them and rightfully so kids talk too much kids talk too much like i know it's not their fault but damn he's like isn't doug my father sir 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 like please 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 i know kids don't have a lot of you know head to mouth filter is that what it's called brain to mouth filter there we go words are crazy but like try your best please i beg steed obviously don't want to be there and mary don't want him there but you know polite society ain't nothing about it polite that's just white supremacy but okay pop off back on the boat ed is suffering obviously we don't see him yet but we know he's probably going through it and not doing well which he is but izzy is a bad liar he tells them that ed's doing just fine he's just feeling a bit under the weather and they're like so he's sick but he's feeling better he's like yeah and he tells them to just scrub the deck but they're like it's clean and guess what this nasty ass man does he takes a chug of his drink and he spits it onto the deck like why are you so hateful usually i respect that kind of hate but only if it's coming from a productive place why are you so hateful you're just hateful to be hateful like i feel like hating is the only thing you know like you might die if you aren't being a hater because you run on spite and anger like please seek therapy immediately immediately because there's no reason for you to be that angry all the time it's got to be draining anyway everyone on the crew better than me because i would not take that level of disrespect because ed is currently out of commission izzy is there it's like what 10 12 of them i don't know how to count i'm so sorry i'm doing the counting hold on it's 11 of them there we go 11 of them against one person i think y'all can still throw him overboard i would because i wouldn't take that level of disrespect he'd be talking to them all kinds of crazy and i would not let that slide you all are all grown adults like don't take that from him um on lighter notes jim is back ah we won yep and they come back and they're like oh you know i missed you and Oluwan is like yeah sorry the room's all you know different frenchie and we john gave it away after the raid because they thought it had bad juju and jim's like damn why'd you give it away and he's like oh because i missed you and then they kiss and i win i win i win i win i win i love winning i never get tired of winning you would think i would with all the times i've won but i don't that is a good healthy couple that knows how to communicate unlike some grown ass men that still don't know how to voice their feelings yes i know it's because of trauma but still please jim has trauma oluwande probably has trauma like you ain't special sorry do better the next scene is back on barbados we get to see some of mary's art it's amazing he's like damn how many people work here and she's like just me how did you not know that your wife was an artist because she painted that lighthouse picture for him he don't pay attention he did not care at all like damn you ain't even gonna try i understand though like damn he didn't want to be in this relationship it was suffocating you know it's not what he wanted he was forced but like damn at least pay attention a little bit but i will give mary her lashes not lashes none of these people are getting lashes mm, steed is getting lashes but still that's about him being a dick in general mary also didn't care about the relationship but she was trying you know she's like there's nothing else we can do we only got this one life she was trying a little bit but they both made each other miserable so it's like i don't know they're just not meant to be together which thank god they realized by the end of the episode we meet doug he comes in he's like oh yeah mary's a great artist and he's like oh i've heard so much about you steed and steed's like trying to be petty he's like mm, i haven't heard shit about you my brother because you just got back here remember you've been gone for three months i don't know how many months he was away 
But yeah, you ditched your family, so of course you don't know this man. Hello? You've been back for like one, two days? And Doug, being a snitch and not being able to tell that Mary does not want Steed at her event, he's like, um, Mary's going to be hosting an event to showcase all her amazing paintings. And Steed sees that she goes by the name The Widow Bun. He's like, oh damn, we should probably change that because, you know, you're not a widow anymore. Nasty, nasty, nasty man. And she's like, well, I might keep it. Yeah, rightfully so. He's like, people say it adds, you know, mystery and flair. Good for you, Mary. Stand your ground. Don't let that white man tell you what to do. Back on the ship, Izzy tells Lucius that Ed needs him, so he better not breathe a fucking word of this to anyone, you know, just being a nasty, nasty man. Lucius is like, anyway, okay. And he goes to check on Ed, but it is, like, pretty dark in the room. Not dark, because the sun is still out. Obviously, there's some light coming in. But, you know, the room is all messy and shit. And Lucius is like, damn, I'm gonna die. He's a prophet. I'm sorry, that was nasty. I'm so sorry, Lucius. And he's like, damn, where are you? And Ed's like, I'm in the pillow fort. He made a pillow fort. My heart. Like, it's not funny, but it is. It's sad, but it's funny. Ed tells him that he's made a pillow fort and that the door is the blue pillow. I'm shaking my head. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head. It's just so sad to see. Like, damn. His heart crushed. Lucius is like, so what have you been up to? And his facial expressions. Nathan Floyd? Is that how you pronounce it? He should have gotten an Emmy nomination for his role as Lucius. That's just me though. But he got some tough competition with Taika and Fico. But they didn't even get nominated, so it's like, damn. Nasty ass Emmys. Anyway, Ed tells him that he's been thinking of lyrics to a song, but he needs a scribey person to write it down for him. And he tells... Lucius the lyrics, but they're not funny. I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, but it is. I'm not laughing at a man's pain. That's not what I'm laughing at. It's the awkwardness of the scene with Lucius writing it down. He's like, mm. and Ed can see this. He's like, you hate it, don't you? And Lucius is like, no, I hate it. It's such a strong word, you know? And he's doing his therapy thing. You know, he's like, you having a tough time, you know, in this song, it looks like through the lyrics. And Ed He's trying his best not to cry, and it's so sad to watch. He's like, no, you know, I made up that character, which is bullshit, and we all know it, and Lucius knows it too, and he's like, okay, so the character is going through a hard time, and Ed starts crying a little. He's like, yeah. Taika acting down. It's crazy to see him without the beard, though, but I kind of got used to it, kind of, a little bit. I don't scream every time I see him without the beard, so that's progress. Lucius tells him that this is probably a second chance, but Ed's like he wants to curl up in a ball and die. Sad, sad, sad. I think this is his first breakup. It is. Yeah, it is. He taking that shit to heart. I mean, it's hard not to take that to heart, because, like, damn, your man left you at the docks. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. It's not funny, it's not funny. But it is a little bit. Am I a terrible person for finding it funny? It's not, but it is. It's like tragic comedy for me. Lucius tells him that this isn't the end, you know, he can start life over again. Good for him. He needs one person in his corner, because Lord knows it's not Izzy. Mm Mm-mm, nasty, nasty little man. I'll get on him later. Back on Barbados, Steed is at his house, and he's walking around the house, and he sees the painting that they had painted for them, him, his wife, and his kids, back in the day when they first got married and had the kids and all that. And he sees that he's painted out with black, like, damn... You don't fit in anymore, like, maybe get the clue, but no, he does not get the clue. This trip should have just been him going here to make amends and then dip. But he's got no sense and he don't think much. So here we are. He looks all sad, like, damn, they really crossed me up. Yeah, no shit, because you're a bum and you ditched your kids. After that scene, we get that amazing scene 
that's illuminated well and it's just shot like wow that's really art like that's a painting a painting in real life that sounded so stupid but you know what i mean it's art he's got the candle up to kind of his face and it's illuminating his way through the forest you know it's used as the cover for the episode the picture you see of the episode like that one scene on hbo max if you watch it on hbo max and everywhere else, I'm pretty sure, because I did not watch it on HBO Max, and I still saw that scene, and it looked beautiful. I'm like, oh, let's get into it. It might be a fun episode. Lies, lies, lies. Anyway, Steed stumbles upon Mary and Doug, you know, doing their thing, and he doesn't leave. It's like, go, leave. Why are you, like, sitting here watching? Characters in this show got bad problem with watching acts where they are not invited. Wee John was listening in on Lucius and Black Pete. I don't know if he was there before, but still, me, even if I was there before, I would have left. Like, obviously, they're not going to leave, so let me leave. Izzy, when he thought Ed and Steed were banging on the deck, get up and walk away, my brother. Why are you still sitting there? Go! And now, Steed, like, y'all got no shame? What is going on? Please, gain some self-respect. Gain some sense. A lot of these characters need sense. The white ones, mostly. We cut to the next day with Steed eating and Mary across from him having the newspaper to her face. And he's like, um, how was your night? Like, my guy, please, please do better. And she's headed up to here. She's like, you know what? You're here and there's nothing I can do about that because, you know, we're bounded by the law. But I'm not going to put up with your bullshit because I've made a life that I like for myself and I won't let you ruin it. So deal with that. And she tells him, you know, I won't be home. Go ahead and have dinner without me because I'm going to be at my art exhibition. And good for her. She really told him off. Like, that's not me being sarcastic. That's just how I sound. I was proud of her, like, yeah, don't let him talk to you crazy and shit, because you left me, and now you come back trying to act like things normal, and you're trying to, like, ruin the life that I made for myself. That is not gonna happen. She said no. And Steed, not picking up on anything, she just said, or ignoring it, he's like, do you even want me to come to the exhibition? And she just slams the door shut, like, yeah, please be fucking serious for once in your life, please, I beg. On to the more lighthearted stuff, the next scene we get is Lucius walking in on Jim and Oluwande, and they're screaming at him to get out and that there's a sock on the door. He's like, oh, I didn't know. I don't know what that means. And it's just so awkward, but it's funny. You know, it's the, what is that comedy called where it's awkward comedy? I don't know. Someone at me on Twitter and tell me what it's called. I think it's cringe humor or second hand embarrassment humor. I don't know. But he tells him that the captain, Ed, is having a thing on deck, so they need a come up and they're like go away and he's like okay okay and outside door he's like glad you're back jim i love him so much i love them so much and i won for like a millisecond which is great you know it's good to have nice things but we can't have nice things because they always get ripped away from us ed's song is so bad like it's <laughs> it's not funny i'm sorry i'm sorry it's giving middle school breakup song and his singing is not good either. But they're all just staring like, I don't know what to do. And they clap at the end because, I mean, what else can you do? They're like, damn. And he's like, oh, y'all don't like him? They're like, no, it was very um visceral. <laughs> it's not funny, I'm sorry. And, you know, they call him Ed and Izzy loses his fucking shit. Like, they just spat on his mom and called her a whore. He's doing too much. He overreacts. He does entirely too much at all times. Like, damn, you draining to be around. He's like, his name is Blackbeard or Captain Dog. Nasty, nasty, nasty. They should have been throwing his ass overboard, but that's just me. It's like, nah, Izzy, you know, I want them to call me Ed now. And Izzy's face, I knew he was like already plotting and scheming and planning in that nasty little tiny ass head of his. 
because he can never let anyone be happy, especially not Ed, because God forbid Ed is happy, then who will he, you know, put on a pedestal and fetishize for being the ideal macho man? Nasty, nasty, it's giving colonizer mindset, it's giving racist. I'll touch on that more later on. And Ed tells him, you know, if you guys want to express yourselves the way I did through my song, I think Lucius would be happy to write it down for you. And Lucius's face, he's like, I never said that shit. Buttons tells him, oh, my kind of song can't be expressed through words, only tone. And he does a demonstration. And it's so Buttons. Like, of course, only Buttons would do something like that. It's so weird and strange. But Ed's like, oh my god, that was fucking amazing. He's going through it. I don't know if he's been drinking or not. Probably not. He's just, you know, trying to latch on to any bit of serotonin and endorphins and dopamine in his brain that he can get. So I won't judge him too much. He's like, damn guys, the sheer level of talent on the ship, why do we even bother being pirates? Very sad. Very, very sad, man. He's going through it. Like, a lot. That statement felt very, very personal. Like, you want to talk to someone, Ed? Because that felt, like, deep from the core. He tells them, oh, we should have a talent show. Of course, they eat that up. They're all like, oh my god, yes, a talent show. Thanks, face. I love him so much. They're all like, yeah, we can do a talent show. It'll be amazing. And Izzy's face, he really said, watch me squash this shit. He said, happiness on my ship? I don't think so. No one conforming to the patriarchy and white supremacy? I don't think so. I'm gonna go and reinforce this. Which he does many, many times throughout this show. Nasty, nasty, nasty little man. Back on Barbados. Mary, I forgot her name for a second. I'm so sorry, Mary. I do not mean to do you like that. Anyway, Mary is getting ready for her exhibition. And her friend slash kind of girlfriend, Evelyn, is like, you know, if you want him put down... I can put him down for you. He's talking about Steed. And we find out that her husband was the Undertaker. And she tells Mary that her husband was so lazy he'd put all the deaths down as natural causes. And she says murder is a natural cause. No, it's not. But I loved that effort. I loved that confidence she said it with. Like maybe with the right amount of hoping and dreaming and I don't know, effort. It could be, but it's not. In real life, it's not. And Mary's like, no, nah, I don't think we're there yet. We're about to be. In a second, speaking of the man of the hour, derogatory, Steed is at the bar, moving like a bum, talking about, oh, I used to be a pirate. Dude, you sound like a loser. You sound like every midlife crisis having bum that's like, um, I used to be the shit back in high school. Like, please, do better. Other losers on the island slash town are like, oh my god, you know, it's Steed Bonnet, he's the shit. Of course, it's other losers like him. I'm sorry, Steed. He's gonna get a lot of lashes in this episode, but I promise you, I love him. I do, because he actually shows some growth a little bit, and there's still hope for season two that he'll grow some more. So, fingers crossed that. Thank God this wasn't the last episode. And of course, those midlife crisis-having bums are like, whoa, you're the shit, dude, because they don't do shit with their life. And they're like, so, did you really, like, you know, meet Blackbeard? And at first, Steed's like, yeah, you know, he's lovely, he's amazing, he's the shit, because he's in love with him. But he sees that they're not driving with that. So what does he do, just like Izzy, reinforce white supremacy? He's like, yeah, um, actually, he's born of the devil and all that nasty-ass man. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Hmm. Switched up so quick. And for what, a few brownie points of losers? This is why I say him and Izzy are two sides of the same coin. I will be back to that explanation later on. Like, not too much later. Like, what is it? Five minutes from now, probably. Not even three minutes from now. They're like, damn, have you ever killed anyone? He's like, yep, you know, I've 
killed people. They don't believe it, but he gets all dark and edgy. He's like, I've been the cause of death. I've seen death. You know, it changes you. Trauma again. Free this man from trauma. He needs therapy. You would think him having Lucius there all the time, he would talk to someone. But nope, he still doesn't. All this big talk about talking it through as a crew, expressing your feelings. We're all going through trauma, so let's share with each other. And he doesn't say shit to anyone. No one knows much about him except that he has a wife and kids who he ditched. And he's rich. With a lot of clothes. Like, that's it. The other losers he's talking to eat this up. They're like, oh my god, get this man another round. Did you win? Like, did you get the new car? Did you get the new house? Did your life get better? Did you get the job? No, you didn't. So what was the point of throwing Ed under the bus? There was no point. You just did it for what? For what? Brownie points of losers. Anyway, unserious man. Speaking of unserious men... Here we are at the dreaded scene that ruined my life and ruined Ed's life a little bit. A lot. Not a little bit, a lot. Ed's nails in this scene, beautiful. It's like glittery. What's that chunky nail art called? You know where the nails look like they're kind of above a little bit, like it's chunky? It's a style in a recent trend, but that's what it looks like, kind of. Ed is finally getting to a better place, right? He's cleaning up. He's like, damn, I can't believe I used to live like this. He's literally that meme like, damn, bitch, you live like this. That's him to himself. And Izzy, of course, is there. I knew he was about to spew some hater bullshit. I was not ready for it the first time. I still am not ready for it any time I watch this scene. But, you know, life goes on. Gotta persevere, I guess. Izzy is looking through the book that shows the racist caricature of what they think Blackbeard looks like. But this is a different racist caricature. So you know it's about to be bad. This man can never get a break. Leave him alone, I beg. Leave him alone. Ed's like, yo, Izzy. Izzy finally looks up and tells him, you know, I'm gonna speak to you plainly. I should've known shit was about to go down. By down, I mean get worse and ruin my life. But, you know, I had hope. That's on me. I'm too dumb. I should never have had hope. I should've known, because Izzy is a nasty, nasty man. But I had hope. I'm like, maybe it won't be too nasty. Boy, was I wrong. Ed, being in a healing place, finally healing, you know, getting better. He's like, okay, yeah, we share our feelings on this ship. My heart breaks for him because, like, he don't even know what's coming. He don't even know that this man that's supposed to be his first mate, I don't say friend because that man is not a friend. He doesn't consider him a friend. Is about to break his heart. Like, damn. Crush it, stomp it, grind it down into nothing, throw it in his face, and be like, are you happy? I'm shaking my head. I can't stand that man. I need him put down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need him put down. Next season. I don't want the redemption arc. You can keep it. I need him put down. Effective immediately. Also, I forgot who said it on either Tumblr or Twitter, but someone said that you notice how Ed doesn't say, oh yeah, you know, you can share anything with me. He says, you know, we share our feelings on this ship. They are not friends. They're not friends. They're just not. I know y'all want them to be friends so badly, you know, you write your fix and your headcanon's like, ah, they were besties back in the day. No, they aren't. Because Ed said he had no friends, zero friends. He don't consider Calico Jack a friend. So why would he consider Izzy a friend? Y'all don't do the thinking. No thought, just vibes, just brain juice sloshing around in there. Not even ground beef, brain juice. Anyway, back to the scene of the hate crime, because that's basically what this was. This nasty ass man fixes his mouth to say, I should have let the English kill you. And when I tell you I gasped, and the way Ed's face drops... I need him put down. It's not in. A, it's not a question anymore. It's not a request. It's a demand. I need him put down. I need him put down. I need him put down. For that alone. He's done many, many nasty things. But I need him put down for that alone. Because why would you say that? It's never that deep. 
it's never because why he's not conforming to the peak masculinity fetishy image you got of him in his head be serious for once be go to therapy stop idolizing people go to therapy go to therapy he tells him that whatever he's become is a fate worse than death is never that deep you are so fucking dramatic you should be a playwright because with that reach was so insane that reach is like me digging to the earth's core that's how big of a reach it is it's never that deep because he's what not being angry and mad all the time not killing people every five seconds not throwing slurs at marginalized communities like what please be serious for once and ed he's a classy gentleman you know he's trying to cope with all that nastiness that little little man just spewed at him he's like you know it's still me i'm still blackbeard izzy gets nastier he said i'm going lower i'm going to the earth's core no actually i'm going through that i'm going lower and lower and lower i'm going through the gutters in the gutters in the gutters he gets all angry and takes the page he ripped out from the book and is like no you are not blackbeard this is blackbeard putting a racist caricature in that man's face this feels like a hate crime is that crazy to say is that crazy to say i don't think it is tell me if it is on my twitter but i don't think it's crazy to say gets all up in his grill nasty nasty man he's like this is blackbeard not some namby pamby in a silk gown pining for his boyfriend it's giving homophobia and y'all still to this day you got people on twitter and tumblr being like izzy isn't homophobic he just hates the upper class yo that was the most closest thing we got to a homophobic slur in the show i'd say yeah yeah and it came from izzy who is surprised besides no one because i been new we been new by we i mean the people of color of this fandom we been knew that izzy was racist and homophobic all the ist icks he's a bigot like he's literally coded as a colonizer if steed is the colonizers of colonizers what do you think izzy is not a colonizer they twin them you know it's twin them ah good motherfucking vibes on they like they're the same two sides of the same coin izzy is more of the poor man's colonizer does that make sense and steed is more of the rich man's colonizer they both reinforce white supremacy in different levels you know like steed not understanding why it's fucked up to have the only black members of the crew pretend to be servants and slaves hello you don't fucking think you don't think think for a second next time and steed acting like his reasons for becoming a pirate is the same as oluwande or jim's please be serious for once you're pissing me off be serious i'm trying to defend you but i can't you're being dumb Instead, not understanding what happened on the boat, the boat party they went to, but Frenchie automatically picking up on it. Yeah. Izzy is more like those poor racists, you know, the average racist that's not a billionaire or a company owner or in charge of the government. Like, yeah, he's got status, but as a first mate. Like, that's huge in the pirate community, but, you know, it's no steed level of status. You know what I mean? He's homophobic to Lucius, Ed, Steed like you name it yeah his homophobia though shockingly it's got layers i'm rolling my eyes it only shows towards the men that are more effeminate you know what i mean he don't like that shit misogyny too misogyny and homophobia go hand in hand if you couldn't tell you know it shows in ways like him calling lucius a bitch no needed him calling ed a twat you know stuff like that and someone said that his hatred for steed is not rooted in homophobia it's rooted in classism like he don't like the upper class and no that's just not true two things can be true at the same time his hatred for steed is rooted in homophobia but it's also rooted in like he don't like upper class people 
but it's both, you know. Yeah, he don't like Steed and think he's unserious because he's rich, but he's also homophobic. It's just that simple. Y'all saying he's not homophobic, it's an insult to the writers because they put it in there. So how are you going to tell them they're wrong? Like, critical thinking, lost skill, coded language. There's coded language in there. Coded language I just explained. What did you think that was about? Homophobia, please, be serious. Another similarity with Steed and Izzy, they both think they know what's best for Ed. They think they know better than him for himself. If that isn't giving white colonizer your mindset, I don't know what is. Izzy thinks that Ed would be happier. I don't think he cares about his happiness much. He thinks that Ed should be the big macho man that they put in the racist caricatures. And Steed also has this problem to a lesser extent, not a lesser extent, to a different angle, from a different angle. Words are crazy. Um, Steed sees Ed as peak masculinity. Weird. Unpack that. Why do you think that? And also, when he's not seeing him as peak masculinity anymore, or he still does, I don't know. Do y'all think he still does, or do you think not anymore, and he now just sees him as his manic pixie dream girl? Because he treats him like his manic pixie dream girl. He's like, wow, Ed's amazing. Ed this and that, Ed could do no wrong. Which is why his mind gets so boggled, brain juice sloshing around in there. No thoughts at all. He's like, damn, I don't like the way you're acting around Calico Jack. Rephrase, phrase that better. Because Ed, believe it or not, is not the idol you have of him in your head. He's a person, you know, with feelings. And he's a complex person, you know, there's nuance to him. Did you ever stop to think that maybe he likes chucking coconuts at people's head? Or that he does, in fact, love a good mame, you know? And that doesn't take away from the other things he likes, the quote-quote softer things he likes. White supremacy. I'll say in softer. I don't like that. Like, think about your saying before you open your mouth to say it or type it. He also loves marmalade, you know? And the silk and fine linens. He can like all these things. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You making him pick one or the other is giving white man colonizer no brown man you must pick one only weirdo behavior so i hope he changes in season two this is an add-on of them thinking they know best for ed them not listening to him because he told both of them in different ways different levels that he don't want to be a pirate anymore he told izzy that he literally wanted to die man expressing suicidal ideation because he hates his job he don't want to do it no more and izzy's like that's not true you love being a pirate and he told seed you know it feels like drowning I don't want to do this no more. It's draining. I just want to retire after Steed told him about retirement. But here Steed is back at the bunks for the privateering academy for wayward seamen thinking, oh my god, I ruined Ed because another white man, Chauncey, told you so. When did Ed say you ruined him? Like, Ed is happy being with you. Why don't you listen to him? No one listens to him. Izzy don't listen to him. Steed don't listen to him. Like, damn. Y'all are supposed to be his confidants, less on Izzy. Izzy is not too much a confident. He don't tell him shit. He don't tell that man anything outside of piracy. And he barely wants to talk to him then, because Izzy still don't listen to him. But he tells Steed, and he trusts Steed, he tells him that he don't want to do this no more. He literally says, I want to run away with you. So why are you listening to some random drunkard, Chauncey, telling you that you ruined him? Did Ed say that? No. So why would you listen to him and not Ed? Thinking he know best for Ed, like, oh, I ruined him. Mm, don't give yourself too much credit. And why do you think he's ruined? Because he likes soft things? No. He's always liked soft things. He's just never had the access to them. I'm side-eyeing you, Steed. But here's where they differ. Because Steed actively tries to be better. 
little bit. Not that much, but a little bit. You know, Izzy is stuck in his ways as of right now. We're probably going to get a redemption arc because that tiny man trends every other day. So, y'all win, I guess. Yes, people can change, and I'm happy people can change, but like, damn. I'm going to miss hating him. I could still hate him. He'll probably still be a little nasty. It's not, you know, hate crimey nasty. Speaking of hate crimes, back to the hate crime currently taking place. After he calls him a namby-pamby in a silk gown pining for his boyfriend, homophobic light rhetoric, homophobic light slurs, bordering on blatant homophobia. Bordering, just about. It's like tipping the scale a little bit, but you know, not quite right there. One thing about Izzy, though, he's gonna reinforce white supremacy. Racism, homophobia, misogyny, at every turn, he said, yeah, I'm gonna reinforce it. So y'all saying bigotry don't exist in our flag means death? I'm side-eyeing you, because Izzy is literally breaking his back trying to reinforce white supremacy at every turn, and y'all not giving him the credit he deserves, like, you're downplaying his achievements. And before I get back to the hate crime taking place, sorry for keep getting sidetracked. No, I'm not. It's a part of the podcast. Girl, just talk. Um, Izzy reinforcing white supremacy is kind of crazy, because it's like, you're a pirate? You know? You're a pirate. I thought y'all were getting away from society, aka white supremacy, and here you are, actively reinforcing it. Like, brother, did you learn nothing? You learned nothing? Why are you here then if you're just going to reinforce white supremacy? Also, a lot of y'all had the nerve, the balls, to say that Izzy was trying to help him out of his stump, which is just bullshit. That's not true at all. He chose when Ed was finally starting to get better to help him out. You know when Ed needed help? Ed needed help when he was making and sleeping in pillow forts and eating marmalade and having a candle around flammable materials. Ed needed help when he was singing songs about wanting to die. Ed did not need help when he made a talent show. He's like, let's do a talent show. Or when he said that the crew could call him Ed. And he definitely did not need Izzy's help when he was actually getting better. Cleaning up his room and not crying all the time into the pillow fort. Izzy decided to quote-unquote help, because that was not help, he was just being nasty and once again reinforcing white supremacy. He decided to put his two cents in and quote-unquote help Ed when he was getting better. You know, not being angry and sad all the time or acting like the big macho man that Izzy wants him to be. Also, Ed didn't ask for his help. You know what he did ask him? He asked him to bring in Lucius so he could talk to Lucius. Because Ed knows that Izzy is not a very emotional, not emotional, he's not an empathetic person, you know. He doesn't like people sharing their feelings, especially men sharing their feelings or men being what he sees as weak, aka showing any emotions at all that aren't anger or wrath or just nastiness in general. So even if he was trying to help, which he wasn't, unasked for help, help that someone tells you they don't need or didn't ask for, is not help. It's not. Intentions be damned. It's not helpful. You talking about, oh, I'm helping you get this. I didn't ask for your help, nor do I want it. So you helping me is actively not helping me. Ed, rightfully so, isn't going to take this level of disrespect. So he choke slams him, rightfully so, tells him to watch his step, because who the fuck do you think you're talking to? About time, that man was talking to you crazy and earlier on episodes. I would not take that level of disrespect. But of course, Izzy is too into it. Don't put hands on that man again. Don't put hands on that man again. You do not win, only he does. Someone said he got a boner during that. I did not see it, but I do believe you. It's very likely, it's very likely. He's obviously into it. He's huffing and puffing, but he's trying to touch Ed's face. He's like, yeah, there he is. No, my brother, please free you, free you. Mm -mm -mm. tricking people into hitting you it's weird it's weird it's weird 
There's safe BDSM practices, and this is not one of them. You tricking people into beating on you to get off? It's not cute. It's not. Ed obviously bats his hand away, because don't touch me, and he moves, because he's like, mm, you two into this. This is not what that is. You got the wrong one and the wrong idea. Izzy tells him that he only serves Blackbeard, not Ed. Nasty man. Same person. Same person, so I don't know what you thought you were doing there. And he has the nerve to threaten Ed. He's like, Edward better watch his fucking step. Nasty, nasty, nasty. You ain't about to threaten me and walk away. But you know, Ed's still grieving and going through it after you just threw all of his insecurities in his face. And he just walks away like he didn't ruin this man's life in like 15 words or less. Nasty, nasty, nasty. I need him put down. I need him put down eventually, immediately, maybe. I don't care how. I would prefer it painful. No, I wouldn't. He'd be into that. So I would not prefer it painful. Put him down quick. Gunshot to the head. Boom. Take him out like a dog. Like, you know, look at the pretty flowers. Headshot. But I know that's not going to happen and he's probably going to get a redemption arc. So pop off, I guess. What can I do? I'm just a consumer. I'm going to watch it irregardless. So, okay. I do want him to pay for what he did to Ed, though. And literally everyone. Because he's been terrorizing that poor crew the whole show. Not the whole show. As long as he's been on the show. So, like, seven to eight episodes, maybe? Yeah, he's been nothing but nasty to all of them. Need him to get his comeuppance. After the parasite leaves the room, Ed is there stuck with his thoughts, which are probably not great. And he hears the crew like, yo, Ed, come back and give us a song. You know, Eddie, Eddie, cheering his name. Not good, not good. We're witnessing, what is that called? The something stare? Check love? It's a something stare? That's what it's given. No, we get that later on when he tosses Lucius overboard. But you know, this is the build up to it. Back on Barbados, Mary is at her exhibition with her man, Doug, who is actually a good man, you know. She's like, I don't think people are talking about my art. I think they're just talking about Steed. He's like, nah, everyone's talking about your expressive paint work. You know, it's amazing. He's being supportive. And who comes in here but the bum himself, Mr. Steed Bonnet. Nasty, nasty man here to ruin that poor girl's life. And he tells her, oh, it's me. You know, I was dead, but not really. I'm back from the dead. And I'm the widow Bonnet's husband, but she's not really a widow because I'm alive. And he tells her I'm here, even though she hates my guts. Being nasty, nasty, nasty. For what? What do you gain? Because you had to leave your life of piracy. No one made you do that. You could have come here and be like, I'm sorry for everything I did and dip. But nope. Gonna make your misery everyone's problem. Typical white man. Doug, the good man he is, is like, yo, buddy, maybe you gotta go. Steed. All of a sudden, he knows how to, like, you know, think fast on his feet. Takes a knife out of nowhere and puts a knife up against Doug's throat as he's on the table. And he's like, unhand me or bleed. Did I find that hot? Yes. Shocked me, though. Like, damn, okay, he actually does know some piracy stuff he picked up on. Like, okay, I see you, Steed. He quickly sobers up and realizes that he's holding a knife to Doug's throat. He's like, damn, I'm so sorry, Doug. I did not know that. Mary, now traumatized and shocked, definitely wanted to kill her husband. They both go home. He's like, oh, I forgive you for sleeping with Doug. Negro, what? Be serious for a minute. Be serious for a minute. Be serious for a minute. You were gone. And also, you kissed another man. Had feelings for another man. But you coming at her because she slept with another man? It's giving misogyny. It's probably not, but it's giving misogyny. That's what it's giving. And she's just like, you know what? She's so tired. I knew she was going to try to kill him. Because rightfully so. What is she supposed to do? There's no escape for her. She's got to put him down. She thinks of the skewer back at the exhibition. And then we see her about to shove the skewer through his ear. Which, like, girl, you didn't think that through. Because that shit definitely would have hurt. And it would have been a whole thing. He would have been screaming the whole time. 
you would have had to like really shove it in there do a bunch of stabs it would have been messy he wakes up and they both scream he's like damn you were about to shove like a skewer through my ear like to kill me for what not even for what he's like at least use a gun or like smother me with a pillow and she's like oh no a pillow would have taken too much time and the gun would have woken the kids like girl let's do the thinking because i know you're smart miss mama let's do the thinking put the pillow over his face and then shoot him but i know it's for the plot but that's just me doing the thinking for her i'm trying to help her out you know us girls gotta stick together even though she's white i still love her she tells him it would have been too much and he's like oh that's so dramatic and she's like not more dramatic than running off to become a pirate which yeah you're so right but also he's not wrong which seems to be a lot of the conclusions i draw from their relationship they both right but they're also both wrong and he's like damn i don't fit in here anymore and she's like nah we just can't seem to stop hurting each other and she tells him she's sorry about doug don't be girl and he's like, nah, Doug's great, which he is, better man than you, not cuter though, so I'll give you that, you got that on him. And he's like, yo, what's it like to fall in love? And she tells him, and we get the amazing montage, cultural reset, cultural reset, no, it's true, it's true, it's true, because we get the scene with them in the snakes, the snakery, snackery, blackbeards, barn grills, and other delicacies, and delights, and fishing equipment, and gift shop, unserious man, but I love him. And we get the scene with them sword fighting and the almost kiss in episode 5. And Ed properly showing him how to threaten people. So real for that. He's like, my man was so beautiful then. And he's so right. He's so right. And Mary is a better woman than me. Because I would not be buddy-buddy with the husband I almost killed. Because he's a nasty man. But she's graceful. She forgives him-ish a little bit. They forgive each other. He's like, damn, I think I found it. And she's like, what's her name? Better than me, I would have been like, what's his name? Because you know and he's like his name is ed like yeah they hug homophobia don't exist here in the show it does exist but in this home it does not we love to see it love wins girl oh my god shut up that was so i'm sorry and of course because this show hates my guts we have to get the next scene of ed being absolutely depressed and sick to his stomach thinking about life we get him thinking of the scene where ed's like damn you wear fine things well we just got that scene earlier, and now they're throwing it in our face to make us sad. And he lets go of the red cloth. Lord have mercy, I am not your strongest soldier. Why do you keep testing me? And who comes out to check on Ed? Lucius. He cannot read the room to save his life. He can't. That's why he got thrown overboard. Lucius is like, yo, you good? If Ed looked at me like that, I'd run. I'd, mm, I'd run. <laughs> Don't. I'm not even going to get into it. I'd run. Because he looks like he wants to kill you. And Lucia's like, you okay? Tosses him overboard. When I tell you I screamed first time I watched this. Because damn, I didn't know it was that kind of show. I thought this was a comedy. I thought we were here to have fun. I thought this was a party. You hear Lucia screaming for help, drowning in the back. His shoe goes overboard after him. They're so nasty for that. Like, that was funny. But time and place, please. And the way Ed just fixes his um breakup robe and goes back in that was hot it was hot i'm sorry did he just try to kill lucius or kill lucius because david jenkins gets on that godforsaken bird app and keeps saying that he's dead you're not funny that's not cute it's not please don't play with me like that please don't play with me like that ed's on a mission though so he's got a job to do he does his whole suiting up montage was it hot mm. i found it hot i did 
I know this wasn't a good suiting up montage, you know, with the sad avalanche playing in the background, just like Black Sails. Black Sails had a moment like that too. I don't know what episode it was, but I think it was either sad or cool or both, like this scene. Ed put in coal. Is it coal? Or like grease on his face to make a beard and under his eyes looking like a damn raccoon. Unserious. I know he's grieving and sad and going through all that, but unserious. You didn't think. Looking at himself through his knife, tongue, but I am the Kraken. Like, I would laugh in his face. I'm sorry, unintentionally. I would laugh because you look so dumb. Like, I know you're trying to represent your inner turmoil, but babe, let's do it with, like, class. Let's make it look good, yeah? Because right now you look a little tacky. Still hot, but you look tacky. Talking about I am the Kraken. I know he thought he ate that. He really did. Next stop on the list, goes to Izzy's room and cuts off his toe, makes him eat it. Tell me why this man moaning and shivering after getting his toe cut off and being forced to eat it. Lord have mercy, we will never be free. What are you doing? Someone said he had a boner in this scene. I was misremembering because I checked my notes and I'm like, damn, where did I put that? Someone said he had a boner in this scene. I thought it was the other scene where he was getting choked out. He did not have a boner in this scene. He had a boner in this scene. Way worse. Way worse. What are you doing? Stand up. Stand up. I beg you. This is not the way. This is not the way. Because really? Really? I did not see it, but I do believe it. I would not be surprised. He's got no decorum. None at all. Like, I would say to each their own, but no, not to each their own. Have some decorum. He just cut off your toe and made you eat it. Please. Be classy. Be classy. Have some self-respect. Have some dignity. Yeah, please. He needs help expeditiously. Anyway, it's like, get yourself cleaned up. You know, we got a mission to do. They're getting rid of all of Steve's stuff. Do I blame him for getting rid of all of Steed's stuff? No, because Steed was in Barbados for a minute. He was not coming back until this realization that he had with Mary. So do people take this more personally than them getting rid of their ex's stuff in real life? You know what I mean? Like, if y'all had a bad breakup, you wouldn't keep their stuff, would you? Exactly. So why would Ed keep his? Did he go overboard with marooning the crew? Yeah, because the crew didn't do nothing to you. But, I mean, pop off, I guess. I'm gonna support him, no matter what, in season two. But, there's still some criticisms there, you know? Back to the scene. Izzy's like, you want me to get Lucius, you know, to write down all the stuff? And it's like, don't bother, he's dead. No, he's not. But okay. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. So I need people to stop saying that. David, Nathan, he's not dead. So, y'all can give that joke to God. Also, about the toe-cutting scene... I hate that he did that because now you insufferable little turd blossoms will not stop. You won't cease with the history revision. The history revision of Mr. Israel Hands has already started. Y'all trying to make him out to be the misunderstood, morally gray man, but like he's really not. He's just not. He's just nasty. But in the same breath, y'all will call Ed the new villain of season two. Hello? But you still won't say that Izzy is the antagonist of the show. Lord have mercy. Critical thinking out the window. Out the window. Critical thinking is a lost skill. Media literacy is also a lost skill. They need to put those into the English classes because obviously y'all were not paying attention when it was taught. So I need it as a mandatory elective. Also racial biases. Not that, but it, yeah, it is racial biases, but I think there's a name for it. It's not confirmation bias. It's something else. I don't know the name. But y'all blind to the racial indications of y'all being so quick to call Ed the new villain, but are still hesitating to call Izzy the antagonist of the show, which he is. It's giving racially motivated. 
Racially coded language a lot of y'all are using. Villain versus antagonist. Hmm, I don't like it. Guess what we get right after that godforsaken scene? Barbados and now Steed and Mary and Doug. Steed tells Mary that he has a plan and that Doug made her breakfast in bed. And that they're gonna solve everything. Their situation. Reunite with their newfound loves. Why would you put that right after that scene? I hate everyone that works on this show. Especially whoever was in the writer's room for this episode. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Why would you do that? The whiplash I got going from terror to happiness. Terror to happiness. Heart stop, heart start. Heart stop, heart start. Why would you do that? That's not good for my heart. Steve decides to plan a fuckery. And he tells Mary he doesn't want a cent from his um wealth. Because he's going to go live life. You know, it's a call back to Steed's deadbeat awful dad. Telling him that only peasants marry for love. So now he's going to go marry for love. Now that he's a peasant, we love to see it. They go to that white woman Evelyn's house to get a dead body. But they find a tiger, so they alter the fuckery a little bit. And once again, whiplash. Back on the boat, they're tossing out books and all this stuff. Izzy is hobbling with that foot that is poorly wrapped. Yes, I know it is 1717. They didn't have huge doctors and shit. But do better? I don't know. Put some... I know there was something he could have cleaned that toe with. I think that toe infected. It definitely infected. Would I be upset that it's infected? Mm, not too much. That's what you get. That's what you get for being nasty and running your mouth. Because you fixed your mouth to threaten him. You got your toe cut off. Consequences. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know if it's Fang or Ivan that asked. But he's like, yo, Izzy, what happened to your foot? And Izzy just like, Blackbeard is himself again, smiling hard as hell. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. There's nothing left to say. Jim is being interviewed in Steed's room. Now Ed's room. Unserious man. Ed tells him, I've been keeping an eye on you. You're quite the specimen. So true, so true. Ed tells him, how would you like to join my crew? Jim's like, I thought I was already on your crew. And he's like, nah, my new crew. And we get to see his face. Raccoon eyes. Unserious. But his hair is down, so ah, it's a win. He's got the dangly earring. So true, so true. I love him so much. Jim has no self-preservation, no brain-to-mouth filters like, yo, what the fuck happened to your face? He says, I'll take that as a yes. Jim gets knocked out by Fang. Like, you didn't think that through? And he's like, next. Frenchie comes in like, yo, you want to see me? He sees Jim knocked out on the floor. He's like, um, that's so crazy. It's like, I heard you can sew. And he's like, yep, I can sew like the wind. He's so real for that. He's got self-preservation skills. Jim, take notes. That's how you survive. You don't ask the man that is in the sketchy dark room and has the circles over his eyes like a damn raccoon. What happened to your face? Does that look like a man that's like up to play? No, he don't play. Don't talk to him crazy. Don't talk to him crazy. Back on Barbados, Steed is getting help from his kids for the fuckery. And he tells them he's not really going to be dead and that he's sorry things couldn't work out with them. But they're like, nah, it's cool. You know, kids are understanding and quick to forgive and Alma split the orange with him so that he can have one half and she'll have one half so they'll always think of each other and shit kids are so nice Doug and Mary have prepared everything they're like you sure you want to do this like you ready to go he's like yeah I think we'll all be great I hate everyone in the writer's room I especially hate whoever came up with that line because no we will not all be great everything is less than great because guess 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 what they do right after that they cut to the crew not being great these Negroes just got marooned. So no, everything will not all be great. And guess what? Nasty. Nasty. Izzy is nasty. He was having the time of his life, so I guess one person will be happy in season two. 
that's fun, I guess. He's like, Edward wants to have the talent show out here. Lies, lies, lies. And they row away. Nasty, nasty man. Back on Barbados, the fuckery is taking place. The fuckery is very unserious because Steed is very unserious. But it's a good one. Question mark, I guess. They set up the whole jungle cat is wandering. So we got to find it. And also Mary is closing the exhibition. And Steed pulls up like, yo, I made an ass of myself. So I came to apologize to Mary publicly. But the jungle cat pulls up. They go inside the house and Steed tussles, pretends to tussle with it. I love that man. He would have thrived in theater. Should have done that instead of becoming a pirate, maybe. Hmm. Yeah, you don't think. Always going for the extremes. He's just like his man that way. He breaks the flower and splatters blood on himself. And then when he walks out, he gets hit by a carriage. He climbs inside the carriage and plants the body there. And everyone's still like, nah, he might have survived that actually, but a piano falls on him because of course he has to do everything so extra. He's like, nah, that's a fuckery. He's so real for that. Did I find him hot in that moment? Yes, I did. But I don't know what to say. That's all I can say. I found him hot in that moment. It was a moment of weakness. Okay, don't judge. We get Mary narrating. She's like, you know, Steed was actually quite terminally ill. Terminal illness on top of the jungle cat in the car in the piano? Like, what? Only Steve could come up with a fuckery like that. Like, really? Look at him now. He's all hair slicked back, wearing plain clothes, and ready to sail off into the sunset to find his man and apologize. But of course, we can't be happy for long. The marooned crew is just now realizing that the boat is leaving them. They're like, damn, it's leaving. Ed is there watching them from the ship and he says goodbye bonus playthings it's never that deep it's really not that deep is he right yes and no because this man did become a pirate that's something only like rich white people do you know like when white people are like oh i'm tired of ruining people's lives i'm gonna move to an island you know an island full of people of color usually or a country but it's mostly usually an island that these white people be moving to anyway off topic that scene a thing smoking the pipe and steering the wheel and then ed and izzy are there and they just stand in, and then Izzy puts the gun on Frenchie. Was I upset that he pulled the gun on Frenchie? Yes. Did I find that scene hot? Also, yes. Please, 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 please. No judgment. Save the judgment. Save the judgment. I'm weak. He looks good. Not Izzy. Izzy's just there. Ed looks good. And by association, Izzy looks good. You know what I mean? It was a moment of weakness for me. That continues to happen every time I watch the episode. So is it a moment of weakness? I say yes. I say yes. We see Ed leaving. He's looking at the flag and drinking. Jim is being held captive in their room. Yeah, it's in their room, I think. I think that's their room. It's either their room or the brig. Does the ship have a brig? I think the ship has a brig. Yeah, in the brig or their room. One of them. And Ivan is standing guard with a huge axe. That's an axe, right? Yeah, it's an axe. He's standing guard with an axe. Like, boy, Jim could totally take him in a fight. But, you know, they're at a disadvantage right now. Because it's three? Yeah, three against one if you take out Ivan. But I would say Frenchie is there. He ain't going to be much help, I fear. Not in a battle, at least. God bless his soul. He's a good man. And, you know, he's got other skills. Battle is not one of them. And that's okay. That's okay. Next scene we get is the unserious man himself, Edward Teach, crying in his room looking at the damn lighthouse painting. I'm staring at my screen because I'm judging him. I'm not judging, but I am. Why'd you keep the lighthouse? Because he still loves him. We all know that. And he's drinking and crying and staring at the lighthouse. That's probably going to be a theme in season two, just him drinking and crying. 
can't wait love that for him it's definitely only been max a couple of hours like i'd say the most it's been is five hours not even i think it's been at least three hours and these men are already trying to eat each other tell me why buttons and roach are looking at each other like yeah we gotta eat the swede what oluwande and we john and black peter are just looking at them like what are you doing they're chasing each other around trying to eat each other and we get the cultural reset scene of oluwande seeing steed pulls out the eyeglass thing and he sees him and steed raises his hand the music playing in the background and everything about this scene amazing 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 great way to end the first season and it makes me want to rewatch, like start from episode one every time like damn that was a journey let's go on it again girl do something else do something else which is why i decided to do this podcast because i'm bored and i wanted to rewatch our flag means stuff again and y'all were getting on my nerves with the way you talk about this show you did not pick up shit from this show you were watching this show i shut ears closed tv off because <laughs> you weren't watching the show um but yeah those are all my thoughts on season one thank you for coming to my podcast and listening to me rant in 10 episodes and stray off topic a lot a lot a lot and go on my tangents and rants i was thinking of talking about my hopes for season two in this episode but it's pushing an hour so i'm not gonna do that i might do another episode talking about my hopes for season two um thank you for listening follow me on twitter bye see you next time